How can we kind of show more trust, right? Which is again, connection. But also I was like, I have to put on music from yeah. when we met. This is, this you told me today. And so yeah, bring like it I put on Balloon Mind State in the house, right? Just playing to start to like, again, use our senses, I guess. Mm -hmm. Real primal mm -hmm. um, states to just Songs. connect us, to Stories. bring us back together. Yeah. Hello, hello, I'm Kenan. And I'm Karen your hosts of Comparative Narrative Podcast. Each episode, we'll be bringing you stories from us and others, stories from different lenses of experience that illuminate our shared humanity. Join us in finding belonging through storytelling. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, oh, hello. We took a break. We took an episode off been a minute sorry for that without any notice for those who were looking forward to an episode uh during the break uh, around the holiday-ish moment of thanksgiving cool whatever you want to call it comparative narrative has become a rhythm for mm -hmm. some of our listeners Thank and you. so we actually had some reach out around is there going to be an episode around the holiday are we missing an episode uh you know in this two-week cycle and so yeah really appreciate the ongoing listening and inquiry and feedback as well as excited about anybody new listening truth welcome to comparative narrative if you are joining us for the first time we have a format to this show so do expect to have some regularity to how we roll we do a check-in first and then we have a topic that we discuss we were fortunate enough to have our last episode feature two really really good friends now full-time friends Formerly full-time work friends, but now full-time friends. exceptional storytellers. Yes. We had a lot of fun that episode. So, yeah, if you did not check out Girl, I feel like I have to snap. You know what I mean? Um, if you did not check that episode out, you definitely should. It was it was a riot. I mean, a laugh track. It's a, it's a, it's a literal laugh-a-thon. Enough of laughing that it counted as my core exercise for the For day. sure. For sure. Definitely. We rochambeaued in the most awkward of ways to see who would check in first and part of our you put up a one blade scissor so you yeah first. so i lost <laughs> when a one blade scissor goes up against a two blade scissor i'm pretty sure that one loses so yeah i get the the pleasure of checking in first this is our regular routine where we talk about where we're at and what we're doing to support ourselves which i think is really important to remind ourselves of as we embark on this again sometimes it's hard to say what you're doing to support yourself make some space for actually reflecting on how you are how mm -hmm. you're being mm -hmm. so this is good uh where am i at this has been an incredibly stimulating last two weeks uh not only traveling being with family full-time not just all of us four but extended family shout outs to your mom and dad your bro wife nieces whole crew was together there's all the energy opinions as your dad would like to say that are involved in, in having that many people rolling together we were in puerto rico which is so beautiful i mean 
If you're looking for vibes that really sit well, Puerto Rico's got some strong vibes. I was feeling so comfortable there, eating the best arroz con condulas. Came home wanting peas and rice every day, so I've been eating that. That's why I'm taking care of myself, is I'm eating well, trying to eat some peas and rice in the morning. I forgot how much a Caribbean breakfast is really something I enjoy in general. Been working out. I actually got on the, on the Peloton bike. For those who don't know, we have a Peloton. I bought it for Karen. I don't use it. It hurts my butt. I got back on there. We did like a random 15 minutes each the other day. While brainstorming? And it was amazing. It was great. So trying to be physical, trying to work through all the emotional challenges that being with together with family is, and just like the world we're in today, being married to an Israeli family. I hold some of that weight. I understand some of the racism as a black man, so I get it, but it's not mine to hold. It's mine to support you all through this. I'm trying to stay in that space emotionally, and in order to have the energy for that, I've been working out. Because it's kind of rainy here in the Bay, so can't really get out and skate. What about you, Karen? We've had some really dense fog here in the Bay. Yeah, I'm a mixed bag. Um... I think that there was a time earlier in the week where it was, I was looking out the window, it was raining, I started crying, I had kind of like a moment of release and sweetness where I was thinking about how the clouds and I were both weeping <laughs> together. Uh, I think that helped me feel like I was connected to something constant and bigger than myself. I think the fog, just like riffing on the same theme, feels a little bit like the thickness that I'm carrying with me mm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. I have like a lot of sad, mad, and gradations of emotions in between there around just like, yeah, what the experience of my family members in Israel, their extended communities, the way in which it feels as if much of the international community, local community, has either completely forgotten just brutal acts mm -hmm. that happened mm -hmm. on October 7 at Hamas's hands, either forgotten, even denied, even seeking justification for. Right, right. It doesn't go away. And in many ways, it feels like it's growing. Um, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of hate directed at Jews sometimes disguised as directed towards Israel. So anti-Zionist. Yeah. I'm feeling it. And I'm even feeling as I'm saying this, I think I shared this with you yesterday. There's just this like then additional layer of feeling like walking on eggshells of, mm. you know, is there then a perception if I'm sharing my experience that I'm not making space for other people's that you're experience? Showing, you're showing up to a pro-genocide rally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard. That is really, really an extra layer of hard that I can't deny because no, of course, I believe strongly in everybody's ability to live a free life and actually enjoy the like basic and monotony of living right mm. wow. and i'm often mm -hmm. looking at the birds here and even thinking like where are birds not chirping right now because of extra dust smoke you know in yeah. the air right yeah. but i yeah that that feels like an extra layer as well so all of that's hard and at the same time like like you said it's been a really Stimulating last couple of weeks, um, ranging from time with family to also some exciting um, opportunities for us to make some real local impact in the work that we're doing 100%. in real meaningful ways and conversations with some really inspiring leaders. So it just, yeah, that's the mixed bag. It feels like a lot. And I uh, 
reached a really low point yesterday. This is also, um, we can talk about this more further in the episode, but this is mm. a time of year that is often hard for me uh, as we approach the anniversary of your head injury. Mm. There's mm. quite a bit of trauma that sometimes surfaces for me mm. as, you know, the sky looks a certain way and the weather shifts a certain way, just like it did nearly six years ago. Um but I, yeah, I reached a real low point, which I think the low is just, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot in the last six months. It's a lot in the last two months, even in just the last two weeks. And uh, I think the sad part is kind of feeling like things that should excite me aren't exciting me, right? Mm. And that's a, that's a familiar symptom of depression. I understand it. I can see it. I can understand it's not the totality of my life. It won't always 100%. be like this. There's been some really cool moments this week. But it really was kind of like a uh, personal call to action that I, mm. I wanted to feel differently. Um, and so I am being more rigid, actually, and accountable to movement and exercise and meditation as yep. well as eating well. That is my toolkit that is well-practiced. But, you know, sometimes it's like I got to up the dosing and I got to be more regimented it's about- It's the intentionality of really digging into about using all of the, the tools. tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. tool, two tools may not be enough in this scenario to help maintain or create that balance. Sometimes you got to dig deep and pull out three, four tools- Yes. To really, yeah. So yeah. the movement to clear, to move, not my, not maybe even to clear, it's not going anywhere, no. but to move some of this energy that I hold really tight in my abdomen and in my heart, and uh, as well as just keeping my hands busy. So like, you know, spending some time cooking over the weekend, and it's been yep. a minute since I've done that with kind of enjoyment. So you sat and drew. Yeah, did some piece, drawing, exactly. Random piece. Trying to figure out how to exist in the world right now. Um yeah. yeah, that's a lot of the connection I feel. Check in to falling into empathy. That's another episode. But that's where we talked about my TBI and how there are lots of pluses and minuses with recovery from a TBI. And with this coming up as our anniversary, you know, I like to forget that. Well, it's the first year. It's the first year that the anniversary falls on the same day of the week on a Sunday mm -hmm. as, um, you know, nearly six years ago when you went out Yay. skating like most Sundays and just didn't come back. And comparative narrative, right? Oh, there is uh, it's hard to hear. two experiences of a sa the same event. <laughs> yeah. And in some ways they really contrast and in some ways they really connect and are the same. So... Mm -hmm. Um, it was, you know, yesterday I even brought to your attention that. <laughs> oh, that was true. And not only <laughs> was it. December 10th is around the corner <laughs> and it is a yeah, Sunday. And, you know, that date starts to become very like present and looming for me somewhere in November. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this was just a few days before yesterday. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, true. the embodiment is just different. But what is the same is that, like you said, I think in the previous episode is. That experience taught us so much about ourselves, about ourselves together, um, and continues to kind of give in that way. Yeah. I like generally have folks who I, I love. I appreciate this about them. I appreciate the person, especially for asking, but they will ask, how are you? And and it's not like this global, how are you post-pandemic, like, you know, the, the other how are you that's also awkward. Um, this is more in line with how is your recovery? Do you feel better? 
And I think that's what people are, are hoping for. Is How's that, your brain, Kenan? Is that my brain is 100% <laughs> scrambled eggs have been healed. They're good. Um, and I can smell everything and I can taste everything. And that's just not the case. And so I usually have to explain to folks that recovery is a long process and I don't intend to be better. Um, at any point, I intend to be better at every point. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, of course I'm better today. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning myself. I'm learning from you what it was like to be in my first transitionary stage post-traumatic event. You know, there's the traumatic event, there's the injury, but then there's really the like t the week and a half post being home that I really, I only know snippets of um, because my memory, my long-term memory hadn't really resumed functioning. And so transitioning from short-term to long-term wasn't happening. And so if I remembered in the moment, I didn't remember a day later or two days later, unless it was a very intense moment. Like I remember some very intense moments in the first few weeks, maybe even month, but I don't remember all of them. And I think that's where we have this beautiful ability to talk about what were tense, they were intense moments, uh, because I was I was definitely not myself, not functioning as myself, but you were functioning in a space of- Sort of hyperdrive, yeah. right? I mean, both everything from just managing the acute uh, components of your treatment and hospitalization to mm. that we also had two kids <laughs> and just, you know, there's just a lot. And yes, protective senses were firing all over the place. There's a part of me that's like, even why are we still talking about this? Six <laughs> years, um, six years from, from the time. And okay. I think that feels important because some of the feedback we got from that episode was like repeated feedback was, oh, it's so like helpful to hear you talking about your shit, essentially. Right? Like, <laughs> And to me, what that says is exactly what we seek to do in this podcast is that we all have our shit. And mm. so we connect around the fact that we all have these life experiences that yeah. aren't that are that are a part of the richness of life. It's but that, that tapestry, yeah. That jambalaya. Always, yeah, and aren't, aren't always like shared and spoken to because there can be shame and fear. And you know, mm. when when people ask you how your brain is, is that an assessment? <laughs> right? Like what are the spaces in which that comes up? But anyways, I I wish they would offer an assessment. That'd be funny. I, you know me in assessments. I'm like a 13-year-old kid all the time. I'm like, oh, a test that I can mess with? <laughs> yes, let's do that. No, sorry. <laughs> But these experiences, we carried them with us in some way or another everywhere. And we're yeah. all people interacting with one another and these experiences that are often of very different. And we don't know. And they yeah. influence our behavior and they influence our decision making and how we're connecting. And, you know, this experience in specific, I think there was a recent example just in part of the stress of traveling, right? Of the first few days of even adjusting to being in a larger group of people mm -hmm. and family dynamics and away from home and outside of routine and tired and a little sick and, you know, all, all the pieces. Um, and in a situation where you are more frustrated mm -hmm. or experiencing some anger, I, in a pressurized container, can become really reactive around your frustration and anger going back to right after your head injury where your behavior was very dysregulated, where, you know, again, just like symptoms of the acute TBI where you really were filterless. Mm -hmm. You didn't understand what had happened. So, you know, for no. a while you just thought that 
your I hamstrings went to sleep were hurt. And I woke up, <laughs> and my hamstrings were, yeah, yeah, my hamstrings hurt. And I was Not in the that hospital. you cracked, you know, your skull mm-hmm. and that you mm-hmm. damaged your frontal lobe, but none no, of that. None of that was really. And so your understandable anger <laughs> and feeling like you were being restricted, Constantly. right? Um, was often directed at me because I was also the, the one gatekeeper. coordinating and oh, guiding yeah. your care. Yeah. And I wasn't just your ride or die who was down to do whatever it was that we were talking about doing that day. And that's, I don't always have a feeling of reactivity around your expressions of anger, but when the container is already pressurized Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and maybe also because we're pretty close to December 10th right now, Mm -hmm. uh, that really comes back and my then my behavior and response is kind of shutting like a it's what can i do to manage the environment and manage your experience to kind of help you feel more calm Hmm. which is not something you need from me today right like that is from then or not something you necessarily asked from me in that moment it's interesting you say that say more where we're really getting to is i mean at the root of all of this right there's the lizard brain right that whole system right allows you to go back to your essence is what I'm really getting at. And in my essence, I'm a New Yorker. So I don't have a flight. Flight is res- flight is reserved for like the, a Yeti. Like, <laughs> like I'm not running from a lot. There's very few, they're mythical beasts and they're, they're predominantly in the water and uh, I'm running from them. But everything else I'm running to and I'm running to with fist balled and I'm ready to go. Like I'm done, like it's over. And at the root of our complementary selves, is that, that that is the opposite of what you will ever do. You will yeah. never do that. My amygdala is getting tiny. <laughs> right? I, like I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm shrinking up. <laughs> yeah. And so that is where we find not only regulation in each other, like I need that part of you to help me out. And I love it when you lean into that part of me. What we're talking about is that because of our unique difference there right? One of the spaces that we are completely different. It shows up. And when it shows up, your greatest memory of this stark difference where I had no gray area, I could not see anything that was beautiful in your flight and was only fighting everything. In a pressurized container, you go back to the greatest moment of that tension, that stress, that Oh, of the that disconnection distance. between our experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it also just makes for fascinating, uh, you know, just thinking about our brains, so fascinating. But when you first came home, or shortly after you came home, within the first couple of days, you started wondering if I was an imposter of myself. Oh, yeah. No, you were an android. And you, sent by the government. <laughs> you were, well, you, at least the hospital. Well, you weren't telling us all of that. What it looked like for the rest of us is that you started saying that my voice sounded weird, that I didn't sound like myself. Yeah. Any time anybody came in to the, you know, to visit the house, it, the first thing you asked them was, "Is there something weird about Karen? Like, do you hear it?" <laughs> So much so that I even had to prep people of like how to meet you in that and validate that your opinion, you know, they heard your opinion. (laughs) That's not what they're hearing, right? There's two perceptions here. And at one point we were actually at a, you were about to have, I think, a CT scan and we were in the changing room and you like opened my mouth and looked in my, down my throat and looked in my ears and looked in my nose, you know, for, right, for the bug. That's right. Austin Powers style, you know. Put a little thing in there. Yeah, for the neuro nerds, right? It's called the Capgrass 
I may be saying pronouncing that wrong, delusion where <laughs> you're believing that somebody is an imposter of themselves. What I came to understand pretty quickly, because that was pretty scary, like I was like, you yeah. need to believe that in me, was that actually we were experiencing like stark disconnection. Like you were in this, I've just been restrained, restricted, held back at the hospital for a week. I'm home. I'm chilling. There's nothing really wrong with me, right? That was in the insightlessness at the time. Yeah. Your insight hadn't really returned yet. And I was in this like, you know, probably the scariest moment of my life yeah. and trying to keep you from grabbing the car keys and taking the car, <laughs> which you did, yes. and just managing the environment and trying to manage everything. And so I was like, oh, of I mean, it, it wasn't this easy at the moment, but it was almost like a light bulb moment where I was like, we are functioning on two completely yeah. different energetic yeah. planes and that's not our norm and that hasn't been our norm for 20 years. Yeah. And I think that's what's tough is when, you know, if you listen to This Is How I Met Your Mother, you know that we met in 99. Uh, and so we we have been friends and now married for 16 years, but friends for 20, well, 24 come. It's a quarter. Come <laughs> well, right now, actually yeah. right now, 24, because it's the fall of 2023. So yes. century. I also had no sense of smell. I had lost my sense of smell in the accident. There was neurons sheared and stuff. <laughs> like Things were, were wonky in my nose. And so you also didn't smell like yourself. And that, if you know, I mean, you always talk about how we're, we're mammals, right? We we literally identify each other via smell. And so to no, you not smelling the same was the first marker for me that you weren't who you said you were but I couldn't express that I had no, like, you didn't that understand was part of yet it. That you had no smell. I didn't really understand that smell was, was gone yeah. in that moment. I just knew nothing smelled right. And I, I really spent time thinking like, how can I reconnect us? And your mom was really instrumental in terms of, we had to find this way of kind of having you feel like we trusted you more. You were feeling a lack mm -hmm. of trust around the mm -hmm. car keys. Mm -hmm. How can we leave the car keys out, right? And not hide them <laughs> so you don't have to go searching for them. And then that creates a dynamic. How can we kind of show more trust, right? Which is, again, connection. But also I was like, I have to put on music from yeah. when we met. This is this you told me today. And so, yeah, bring like it I put on balloon mind state in the house, right? Just playing to start to like again use our senses, I guess. Mm -hmm. Real primal mm -hmm. um states to Songs, just connect us to stories. bring us back together. Yeah. And so this is, you know, a story, but this story really uh symbolizes for me the ways in which in really stressed, maxed states the differences in how we respond when we're scared, right? When yeah. we're threatened, yeah. really can create that distance. And really, how do we come back to that space of connection? So in my recovery, and I'll just give a shout out to De La Soul for adding just another <laughs> moment of their impact to my life. If that's an episode you want to hear, holler. Because I wrote someone how De La Soul from the age of eight to the age of like, well, I guess now we're talking 39, has had an impact on my life through every one of their albums. Like I've matured as the band has matured. The band has offered a lot of insight to where I steer, how I grow as a man, as a black man, as a lover of hip hop, of all, all the things. That's an episode we can go into because they added that layer of connection. What I was getting to initially was that what has been the greatest challenge for me in recovery is gray. 
the area of gray. Knowing the gray, living in the gray, being comfortable in the unknown of the gray or the like compromise of the gray. Ooh. And that's harder for you than it was before. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I've lived my life with a mask on uh, as a black man trying to make sure I can navigate different situations, call it code switching, call it whatever you want. I've been doing that my whole life. It's a skill at this point. It's a, it's a gift I got to get rid of. Well, I mean, if, you know, in, in the falling into empathy, one, I'm talking about being in, in Portland, Oregon, and like not wanting to wear it no more, like I'm done with it. But it's because I also, it's uncomfortable now. It's really, really uncomfortable to go back all the way back. It is a space where we talk often in terms of the way of the world right now. Like, what is war? What does war mean? What is the inhumanity that is inherent to war? And what line do you draw as a person where you say, from here off, it's gray. And I'm willing to sit in this gray, an uncomfortable gray, or I have to get in the black and white in order to just keep moving and maintaining some mental sanity. Well, and at least adjacent to mm. your experience, right? I'm not you, but I'm you're not? Like I understand you very Everyone well. Everyone <laughs> says we share a brain though. Is no, I mean you're really talking about how sometimes that real black and white, that real rigidity that is maybe magnified, right? Post your head injury is really serving, mm -hmm. right? It is freeing. And mm -hmm. sometimes it makes it really hard to be in the nuance. Yeah, it is a place of extreme tension for me and a place where I see other people relish the like ambiguity or the ability to understand both sides. Like that is your talent. Like that is one of your skills is that you're able to really look at a picture and understand the facial expression of every person and how that person is bringing certain energy into that picture and then going, well, if, it, if the scenario played out in this way, how was the emotional energy that they brought into the into the center a catalyst for it or a necessary factor that, was un, that wasn't taken into account? I, on the other hand, am like, well, if you didn't speak up, right? Closed mouths don't get fed. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Supposed to go probing? And sometimes, again, <laughs> the not getting lost in the nuance or the gray enables you to see things very, very clearly for what they for are. For Yeah, there's... This is the illuminating of it's not good or bad. No. It is <laughs> all things at different yeah. times. And it can be really complicated when we're not on the same page. Well, when we're not willing to take the time as we are in, in this episode, but also in this podcast to sit down and have those conversations to understand the journey that people are on. Like, help me see it through your eyes. And it really requires like pausing and really, really listening and like you said earlier like sitting in the discomfort yes. and the tension when we don't understand or when it's or when we don't agree exactly i may not agree with you but i can sit and have a discussion with you now your experience and my experience of your head injury are very different oh, in many completely. ways and always i was also on a cocktail of meds that was like i mean causes were, an opioid crisis in america you were a walking pharmacy for a while <laughs> um and they were very helpful at the time that is not i'm, I'm not making a case against no, acute medication no, management man. either um, i got off those pain meds i felt my old ancient <laughs> rollerblader knees and i was like no why did i take myself off of those of all the choices and even at that time right i remember making a lot of assumptions about how you felt and 
and you felt negatively about the meds and you were like, oh, no, give me that bottle that says the crazy meds. That's the one I need right now. <laughs> but it, I mean, yeah. there are so many lessons yeah. in not making yeah. those assumptions and just asking and listening or making room for someone <laughs> to be heard. I sure. forgot we labeled those. Crazy meds were my favorite. Those were my favorite because I was like, I'm feeling crazy. You made the labels. <laughs> I want to make sure <laughs> that everybody hears that. And yes, it was one of the moments where you felt very agentic <laughs> initially. And I was so happy <laughs> to be able to give that to you, uh, oh. being involved in you know, not at the time the dosing of, but the describing of what the medications <laughs> did for you. No, that helped me. That helped me understand why I was taking yeah. them. So then I could start to trust you more in terms of okay, well, you might be working for a big pharma, but like at least you're you're bringing me a benefit through this. And I was dancing around the antipsychotics, and you were like, "Oh, those are the crazy calm ones. I want those. That's what I need." And I was like, "Oh, great, okay." <laughs> Always more of that to come. Uh, TBI is a subject that we are totally comfortable talking about. Uh, so thank you all for listening, joining us yet again. I hope this episode was enlightening, entertaining, uh, brought you some cool, positive energy, made you think a little bit. And Yeah, maybe if like, where could I be listening more? Yeah. More can I be sharing more? Discussion, right? Curiosity over, what is it? Be curious, not furious? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm working on that too. So if you're working on that with me, I'm open to discussions, especially when we don't agree because we learn a lot from each other in those moments or when our lenses are totally different and they suddenly come together. Yeah. And understanding yeah. that a lot of people are moving around right now with sort of the dense fog and the weight. Yeah. Within us. Let's give it's, each other grace. Hold each other accountable for being hard, human. Hard time yeah. to be. We appreciate you all. Hook us up with five stars. Even better, hook us up with a review. We'd love to know what you're thinking, how you're feeling about these episodes, what brings you joy, what maybe doesn't. Thank you all. See you again in two weeks. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, I am Ken and Scott, your co-host. Karen Scott, your co-host. This is Comparative Narrative. We are available on all your streaming platforms. Gotta say it. If you like what you hear, give us five stars. Give us some feedback. Hit us up in the comments. What'd you think? Most appreciated. See you next time. That's right.